I believe that God has placed a message in my spirit this morning. It's going to bless your socks off. Listen, every word from God is wonderful. Listen, there was a time in Israel when the word of God was very scarce. And I can't imagine living in a time like that because ever since I know myself, I've always known that, you know, church was there. The word of God was always, I've been always around the word of God. So I cannot imagine a time when the word of God was so scarce. But there is a time, there was a time when the word of God was going for it because something stopped up the channels for the word of God to go out. And so this morning, if you're hearing the sound of my voice, Praise the Lord, because you're hearing a word from the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so if you if you believe that you're hearing a word from the Lord, I want you to do me a great favor this morning. Share this stream. Share this broadcast so somebody can hear this word. Because, listen, somebody needs the word just like you need the word. And I'm telling you what I'm giving you. Listen, most of, and I'm not bashing anybody, but most times... Uh, we get too much ice cream and cake word and we need some we need some potatoes and meat word and that's what i serve up listen i i got the ice cream and the cake too but listen if you eat ice cream and cake all the time you're not doing your body any good you're not doing your spirit any good so you need some good teaching you need some said you need some good food some good meat in the word this morning amen hallelujah so <clears throat> You know we've been we've been playing we've we've been uh, studying Elijah and the Lord just have me staying in, uh, studying Elijah so we can't go nowhere until we're finished with what God is telling us about Elijah and how it applies to our lives. So last week um, I talked to you about how God did Elijah until it was time to reveal the work that He wanted to do through him, and. Um, Today, we're going to focus on the revealing work of the prophet that reveals God to the people and to the king. And so that's going to take us to uh, 1 Kings 18, and we're going to read 41 through 46. We're going to, we're going to finish out 1 Kings 18 today. All right? All righty, let's go. Let's go. 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. Oh, God, when I hear that all the time, it just let my spirit leap. There is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servants, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Come on, somebody, sometimes you got to go again. Go again, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time. And he said, there is a, a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and winds and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. 
Then the hand of the Lord, and I like the one translation said the power of the Lord. I like that translation. The power of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of, of Ahab and to the entrance of Jezreel. Let me tell you something. Woo, God, God wants to do something. God wants to do something in this moment. And so before we break into what we're going to talk about, um, let's just recap for a moment what is happening here. So Ahab, so, so, so there was no rain in Israel for three years and the king, the, the, the prophet was hidden. He went up on Mount Carmel, um, great display of power, the, uh, uh, the Baal, uh, 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 and Asherah prophets were, were, were massacred. Uh, uh, and, and now, um, Elijah was telling the king that I hear, uh, I hear rain. So God told, first of all, God told the prophet to go and tell the king there would be no rain. Then God hid the prophet. And then he told the prophet, now go show yourself to the king um, because there's going to be rain. And so then this huge showdown took place on Mount Carmel between the false prophets and the real prophet. And listen, it's happening right now. There's a, there, there's a great big showdown. You may not see it and you may not understand it, but the true prophet, the real prophets of God are going to emerge and the, the false prophets are going to be exposed. Come on, somebody. And so uh, as Elijah proceeded up on Mount Carmel to do the things that the Lord has told him to do, fire fell down from heaven and consumed the sacrifice and the people's heart was turned to God. They believed in God again. And then there was 400 false prophets of Baal and 450 false prophets of Asherah, making a total of 850 false prophets. You see that one, one real prophet of God can put 850 false prophets to shame. And so Elijah killed all of them. But the problem was there is no rain. There is no rain. There is no rain. And this is where we're at. There is no rain. There was no cloud. There was no wind, there was no rain. And so today I want to talk to you about a subject I called before the cloud. Because you see, before the cloud takes place, many things have to happen before the cloud formed. Amen? So let's delve into what happened before the cloud because I believe that some of you are in a dry, dusty place and there is no cloud. You have prayed, you have repented, you have cast out demons and devils and you have been redirecting your lives to, to consecrate yourself to God, but there's still no rain in your life. Come on, somebody. Holy living God. Woo, shout out about say. Oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. So you did everything that you were able to do. You did all the religious things that you knew to do, but there was still no rain. And remember when the prophet came to Ahab, the thing he said to him was, God, it's about to be rain. It's about to be rain. God said, go show yourself to Ahab because there's about to be rain. There's about to be rain. And so this whole entire massacre took place. And this, this fight, the signs and wonders took place, but there's still no rain. But then, the, but then the prophet said to the king, go up and eat, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. And this intrigued me because I, I said, why did the prophet have to tell the king that there is the sound of abundance of rain. Because 
See, the thing that I understand is that when there is a rain coming, you usually hear it. You, if, if you are around the rain, you don't need nobody to tell you that there is a sound of abundance of rain. So, so, so it, it, it caused me to understand that this, the, the king didn't hear it. The people didn't hear the sound. It's only the prophet heard the sound. And so I want to tell you this morning that before the cloud came, there was a sound. Before the cloud came, there was a sound. And this morning, there is still a sound going out in the spirit. There's still a sound. There's still a sound. So Elijah heard the sound before there was ever a cloud. And many, this is the problem with many of us. We are looking for the cloud, but we're not listening for the sound. Oh God, that can preach this morning. We're listening. We're looking for the cloud. Many of us are looking for the rain cloud this morning. We want the sound of abundance of rain in our lives, but we're not listening for the sound of the spirit. And God said to tell you today, God sent me to tell you, you need to listen for the sound of the spirit. There's still a sound going out in the spirit. I can feel the sound vibrating in my being right now. The sound of the Holy Spirit, the sound of groaning, the sound of roaring, the sound of the Lord is going through the atmosphere. And so Elijah was not the only one who needed to listen for the sound. We need to listen for the sound. This is the problem that is tripping up many of us because we're not listening for the sound. We're interested in the cloud because we're interested in what the cloud, we want to hear about abundance, but we don't want to Wait for the sound. We don't want to wait for the sound. So many things had to happen before the cloud. So many times when God speaks, God speaks when, when many times when God is directing his people, he will send a sound. And so King David was in a position where he needed to listen for the sound of God. He was at a place where the Philistines they were attacking him and they kept attacking him. And each time he kept he kept going to God and saying, God, should I go up? Should I pursue? Uh, and, 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 and every time he would go and ask God, God would tell him a different direction, a different thing. And so at this point, God told him, God told him in, in 2 Samuel 5, verse 24. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees. Then you shall advance quickly, for the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistine. So what did God use to give David victory? God used a sound, a sound. He said, listen for this sound. Listen for this sound. And listen, before David even got the sound, he had to inquire of the Lord. Somebody, you need to inquire of the Lord this morning. You need to ask the Lord. You may be facing some situations and you're wondering, what should I do? We, you know, don't just get up in your own strength and in your own flesh and begin to do it. Mm -mm. It don't work like that. Go before the Lord and ask him what to do. And when he tells you what to do, then you do it. <clears throat> and so God gave David a great victory over his enemies with a sound. And so God wants to give you victory over your enemies with a sound this morning. 
But the thing is, David and Elijah was not the only one who had to listen for the sound of God. Jesus' disciples were in the upper room when they heard the sound of a mighty rushing wind. You see, Jesus told them, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, until you receive the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what that, what they were listening for. But when that sound came, they knew what it was. Oh, glory to God this morning. And God said, you might not know what you're listening for this morning in the spirit. But if you develop a listening here to so listen to what the spirit has to say, when that sound comes, you will recognize it. And he's saying this morning that it's only people who are listening for the sound will hear the sound of the spirit. Listen, sometimes you are not listening. You are not reading your word. You are not, you are not, not, not positioning yourself to listen for the sound of the spirit. What is the spirit saying to me this morning? And so Elijah heard the sound, but the people didn't hear it and the king didn't hear it. And so because the prophet, the men of God had to declare to the people and say, listen, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And so this is the thing about the prophetic ministry. Elijah heard the sound as a prophetic man of God. He had to declare what he heard. He declared it and then it happened. So after Elijah heard the sound, this is what I think happened. And this is my paraphrase. And my way of weaving what I feel like this is what the Lord is, is showing me through this message. So after Elijah heard the sound, he probably looked up in the sky and there was no cloud. And so the next thing Elijah did, he, he prayed for the cloud because he said, listen, I know how rain comes. And rain is supposed to come when there is clouds in the sky. And I'm looking in the sky, God, and I don't see no cloud. And in God, you said that there was going to be rain. So where is the cloud? And so Elijah, he went and he knelt down. He said, Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and he bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees. What was Elijah doing? He was blocking out the distractions as he bowed down himself and put his face between his knees and all the people watching and the king watching. He put his face between his knees. Sometimes you got to block out the distractions to get in touch with God. Sometimes you got to be radical. I don't care who is watching. I don't care who is speaking about me. I don't care. Listen, Elijah said, I'm here for one reason. I told you that there won't be no rain unless at my word. And now I'm telling you that I heard the sound of abundance of rain, but there's something missing because I don't see no cloud. Listen over my head. There should have been some rain clouds by now. And Elijah I just said, listen, i got to pray for this cloud because see, this is the thing. I'm in a partnership with God. And if God declared it and I haven't, and I don't see it happening, I need to go back to God and say, God, you said that there would be rain today. Lord, I hear the sound of abundance of rain, but God, I don't see no cloud. I don't see no cloud, God. And God, I, I can't leave Mount Carmel until I see the cloud. God, where is the cloud? Where is the cloud, God? Oh, where is the cloud? And see, this is the problem with some of us. We leave Mount Carmel too quickly. We're not waiting for the cloud. And listen, you have to wait for the cloud. You can't go. You can't get no rain without cloud. Elijah understood that God said that there was going to be rain. He heard the sound of abundance of rain, but something was off because there was no cloud. 
There was no cloud. Elijah said, listen, listen, God, I know how rain comes. I've seen rain. And, and I, I don't see no cloud in the sky. I don't know all this thing that you told me to do. And I still don't see any cloud. So Elijah tarried. He tarried. He, wait, he waited for the cloud. He interceded for the cloud. He said, listen, God, come on, God. Come on, God, you spoke it. You said it. God, you said, you said that there was going to be rain. Where is the cloud? So just because God spoke it, I want you to notice that just because God said it would, it didn't happen just because God said it would. Because I want to tell you something. God is, wants us to be in partnership with him. This is the problem for many of us. We receive a prophetic word, but we expect God to do it all. And God is trying to tell you this morning, it's a partnership. Part of it, you got to do something. I, I'm doing what I'm doing, but I need you to do something in the earth. You are the channel through which the abundance of rain is going to come. I need, I need your words. I need your prayer. I need your will. And I need your determination to see this thing come to pass. Y'all don't believe me. When, the, when Elisha, when the young king came to Elisha, Elisha said, take some arrows and shot it through the window. And the young king did, he took only three. And he said, if you would have striked the ground six or seven times, you would have totally annihilated your enemy. Now, Many of us would say, oh man, that man of God is a false prophet because he said this was going to happen and, and it didn't happen. Well, listen, God is looking for obedience. God is looking for submission. So when the word, when the prophetic word of God goes out, God is looking for somebody who would grab a hold of the word of God and begin to use the word, ride on the word, ride. The anointing of God is upon the word of God. What he says to do, if you do what God tells you to do, there is no end. There is no end to the power of God that is released in your life. So God wants to do it with you. He wants to do it through you. He don't want to just do it for you. Yes, there's a time when God will do it for you. There's certain things that God will do for you. But then there's a time when God said, I got, I got to do it with you. I got to do it through you. But you must pray. You must pray. And so we keep waiting for God to move. And we keep waiting for God. And God keep waiting for us. And we keep waiting for God. And God keep waiting for us. We keep waiting for God. And God keep waiting for us. And we keep waiting for God. And God keep waiting for us to pray. And so Elijah decided to pray for this cloud. And he said to his servant, go, uh, verse 43 said, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and he looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud. Ooh, Jesus, there is finally a cloud. But the, but the problem, there's a problem with the cloud. The cloud is as small as a man's hand rising up out of the sea. Now, let me, let me pull out a couple of things out here. Can you imagine being the servant going up the mountain, down the mountain six times, no cloud. And the seventh time Elijah said, go back up, go again. Go again, somebody, there's an anointing on that for somebody this morning. You need to go again. 
Go back again. Go again. I don't care how many times you go up the mountain. If there is no cloud, there won't be no rain. So I need you to go until you see a cloud. You can't go nowhere until you see the cloud. Oh my God, come on somebody. I can just imagine Elijah servant like, listen man, I done told you that there is no cloud. Elijah, you must be crazy. You're losing your mind. Some of us would have encouraged Elijah to give up to quit, to try, like Elijah, stop trying to make rain. Because if God said he's going to rain, then it's going to rain. That's what, that's what we do. We, 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 we get, we, we, like, God, you got to do it all. God, we're putting you to the test. Because if you said there's going to be rain, there has to be some rain, God. We ain't doing nothing more. We're just going to sit here, fold our hands, and wait for it to rain. And Elijah said, listen, listen, I'm not going to go before the cloud. I'm not going to go before the cloud. I'm not going to move before this cloud because you all don't understand something. I, 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 I can't go nowhere until I see a cloud. Some of some people say, listen, you've done enough for the kingdom, Elijah. Just go sit down somewhere. If you don't do anything else for the kingdom, at least people have the people have turned their hearts back to God. Elijah, you've done enough. Listen, I don't have room in my life for people like that. I got a couple who... Oh, Charmaine, you've done enough. You've done enough. Listen, while there's still millions and thousands, thousands and millions of souls out there are dying, Jesus said the harvest is ripe and the laborers are few. No, we have not done enough. We have not done enough to win the loss for Jesus Christ. We have not done enough to preach the gospel to all nations, to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have not done enough. It's not enough for us to get our share of the bread and sit in the corner of the room feasting on what God has given us while there is a host of people that are dying for what we have throwing away. My God, whoo, Jesus. We must become like Elijah and refuse to go before the cloud. Refuse. We must become a people that refuses to go before the cloud. Because you see this cloud that Elijah was looking for, it was not no ordinary cloud. I want to submit to you this morning that it was the same cloud that led the children of Israel through the wilderness. That was the cloud that Elijah was looking for. Elijah said, I know how this thing is supposed to happen. There should be a cloud and I don't see no cloud. And because I don't see no cloud, I need to bow myself down before God. I need to put my face between my knees this morning and I'm not going to get up until I see a cloud. Come on, somebody. I want if that is you this morning, if you are willing to bow yourself down, Lord Jesus, woo. God, I wonder, are you willing to bow yourself down? Are you willing to withdraw from certain things of this world? Are you willing to withdraw? Listen, some of y'all are listening to too much false prophets. You know, that's why you can't even touch the presence of God. You can't get in the presence of God. You fight so hard, but you can't get because see what happened was you the all those the weight of those words from those negative false prophet teaching got, got you all jacked up and messed up, and you can't get in the presence of God for yourself because you're coming in with all the weights and the bondage. And Elijah said, "I just slayed all those 850 false prophets and a and a." Put, and fire came down on the altar and all this stuff happened. But God, I, I, I know you. 
I know how you operate, God. I've been in your presence too long, so I understand something about you, God. Something is missing. And Elijah was not ashamed to kneel down, to bow down in the presence of the king and in front of the people and put his face between his knees and talk to God. Somebody, you got to be able to get in that birthing position sometimes and say, listen, God, I want to take off the weight of all of what just happened. And I want to just sit down in your presence, God, because I know that there needs to be a cloud and I don't see no cloud. Come on, somebody. You can't go nowhere without the cloud. Oh, God, Elijah couldn't go without the cloud. The children of Israel couldn't move without the cloud. Come on, somebody. You got to wait. You got to wait for the cloud this morning. Wait for the cloud. Wait for the cloud. Pray for the cloud. Contend for the cloud. Cry out to God for the cloud. Come on, somebody. You need a cloud this morning. You need a cloud. You need a cloud this morning. So Elijah continued to pray, and finally the servant reported that there is a cloud. There is a cloud, a small cloud. After the seventh time up the mountain, the servant finally spot a cloud the size of a man's hand. It's, it's like God, isn't it like God? God just provide the answer, but it, it doesn't even look like the answer. Because for me and you, we would be looking for this big old cloud like, like I have on the background here this morning. We would be looking for cloud overhead. We're looking for big old rain clouds overhead. But what, what God, God's answer to Elijah was a small cloud rising up out of the sea, so small, the size of a man's hand, this small. And to the natural man, this makes no sense. Elijah. Could have scratched his head and said, God, this don't make no sense. What was a little cloud like that going to do, God, when we're crying out for rain? God, but what should we do with that little cloud? Shouldn't it be above us in the sky? Shouldn't it be much bigger? Shouldn't there be some winds and stuff like that, God? And see, sometimes we miss God's answers to our prayers because it does not appear in the form that we're expecting it to. We're expecting big old storm clouds. And what we got is a small cloud, the size of a man's hands. God's answer sometimes makes no sense to our natural mind. I wonder if you're going through something this morning and God has already answered your prayer, but you didn't recognize the answer because what you are looking for is not what you got. You got something that will bring you to the thing that you're expecting, but you don't recognize the answer because it didn't look like what you were looking for. But you see, this is what happened when you spend time in the presence of God. Because Elijah was familiar with God. He had spent time with God and he's used to seeing God turn little things into great things. Elijah said, Go, he told Ahab, go before the rain stop you. Because that little cloud was enough for Elijah. He didn't need to see the big storm cloud. He said, a cloud is a cloud. Come on, 
however small it is. God, little is much when God is in it. And, and Elijah understands that. So he said, listen, if I see a tiny little cloud coming up out of the ocean, that is enough for me. It, it was not even in the right place. It was not even the right size to bring rain. But he told Elijah, said, go down. Hurry up and get home. Get down before the rain stop. You get down off of Mount Carmel. Because when this rain about to break for it, you're, you're probably going to get trapped up on this mountain. So God, go on home. Get down off this mountain. And so verse 45 says, no, it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. So from this little cloud, you, I, I can just imagine what took place. This little cloud began to rise up, rise up out of the sea and it continued to rise until it become, until it reached up into the sky and it begins to multiply and spread and the, the, the sky became black with clouds and, and then winds begin to blow and then heavy rain begin to fall right there because there was no cloud. So the cloud had to it miraculously ascend out of the sea until it reached the sky and it reached the sky. And it begins to multiply and spread and rain began to fall. I can just imagine there must have been some great celebration among the people because this was the long awaited rainfall. And so this abundant rain, <clears throat> this abundant rain began to fall and Ahab rode away. And this incredible thing happened. The power of the Lord came upon Elijah. And Elijah tucked his cloak into his belt and he ran ahead of the chariot on the way to Jezreel. And this, for, for, for some of you, this is more like an afternote for some of you. Just see, 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 just because you don't have a chariot doesn't mean that you won't get to your destination before your counterparts. That part there, I, I, I like that part. It's like, you know, when you cook a meal and you take a little part of the pot and you put it aside for yourself. I, I, I took that part and I put it aside for myself. Now, if y'all want some, y'all got to take some. Because listen, the power of the Lord came upon Elijah and he outrun the chariot. Some, sometimes when we look around in the world and we see people with their big fancy chariot and they're riding down the road and we, we just wish we could have a little bit of what they have. Now, come on, uh -uh, I'm pretty sure you've been there. But the Lord sent me to tell you this morning, you don't need none of those chariots. What you need is the chariot of the Holy Ghost. You need the chariot of the Holy Ghost because only the Holy Spirit could have enabled Elijah to outrun that chariot. And this was the same chariot that Jesus told the disciples to wait for in Jerusalem. He said you would receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What did the scripture say? The power of the Lord came upon Elijah and he outrun the chariot. And I'm trying to tell you somebody that if you, if you do things God's way, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. It may look like you're sitting down right now with your head between your knees. And to the word, it may look like, oh God, you are just failing. You're a failure. You, you know, you said that there was going to be rain. You must be a false prophet. Look how many things happened today and there's still no rain. But you were waiting. They didn't understand that you were tarrying. Y'all don't know those old time words. People bash tarrying and say, you don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit. Come on. Y'all, knowledge is subjective, y'all. Knowledge is subjective. 
You don't, there's for some people, you may not have to wait when you got filled with the Holy Spirit, but other people, you may have to wait for the Holy Spirit to fill you. And, 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 and you still have to wait for the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what you have to do in certain circumstances. The Holy Spirit will always test you. God will always test you. And so if God, what God is testing in you, will you wait for the sound? Like David, when David, he said, go out. He said, when you hear the sound of marching in the mulberry trees, then you go out. Many people are not willing to wait. They are not willing to tarry because what happens in the charismatic Pentecostal church nowadays, what we tell people, oh, you don't have to wait because the, you don't have to tarry. Tarrying is over. The disciples, they, they tarried for hundreds for, for how many days in the upper room but 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 the holy spirit is poured out now so you can just do whatever you want to do heck no that's not how god works but my experience in my watching other people's life that's not how god works god will give you an instruction and then he will wait to see if you are going to follow the instruction he is going to wait and see if you are going to wait for the holy spirit are you gonna and the same word, tarry, means to wait. Wait on God. Wait. David told us, you all, you all contradict yourself in your teaching and your preaching because the same word says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait on the Lord. Some of us, we're in the waiting period. And listen, I love, listen, I might, I might come on here. I might come on here and teach you about God's waiting room. Because listen, I get familiar with God's waiting room, baby. And I love God's waiting room because I recognize something. I have no power. I have no power. Elijah recognized something. He had no power. He had to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon him so that he could outrun the chariot. The disciples, they had no power. They had to wait for the Holy Spirit to come in from heaven with a sound as of a mighty rushing wind where, the, where it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared unto them a cloven tongues of fire that sat upon each one of them. They all had to wait for the Holy Ghost. They had to wait because they had a, they had so they had a work to do. They had a work to do and they couldn't do it by themselves. And this is the problem in the church right now. We're thinking that, oh, well, I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I can go and do whatever I want to do. Uh-uh. God said, listen, I, 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 I tell you where to go. I tell you what to do. And some people are thinking that they can tell God what God should do. And so my question as I close this morning, I'm coming to a close. Oh, Jesus. My question to you, what sound are you listening for this morning? Are you listening for the sound? Are you waiting for God to, to give you directions? Are you doing what God tells you to do? Why, when, when you receive the instruction of the Lord, are you taking it for granted? Are you just taking God's word and hanging it on your, around your neck like a charm? And say, oh, praise the Lord. I got another prophetic word this morning. Glory to God. Doing nothing with the word of God. Doing, can you imagine the prophetic word of God? Is God speaking to you through his servants? No, 
I always teach you about false and right real prophets. There are false prophets that will prophesy false things. How your question now should be, well, how do I know if God is speaking through this person? How do I know it's God? And how do I know that this is a real prophet, a real man, a woman of God? Listen, the testimony of Jesus Christ. The testimony of Jesus Christ makes a true prophet. The Bible says nobody can tell, testify that Jesus is Lord and be a, be a false prophet. When you're truly, your spirit will discern. When you're truly testifying about the Lord, when you're going about the word, the work of the Lord, you do, by their works, by their fruits, you shall know them. You're going to know them. And here's a problem with so many people that are falling into deception because they don't know the word of God for themselves. They don't spend time in prayer and learning about God. So when the sound of God goes out in the spirit, they don't hear it. They don't understand it. They, they hear it, they, but, but, but they don't understand what is happening. And so in this day and age, we're listening for two sounds. We're listening. Actually, we're listening for three sounds. One is yet to come, and two is actually happening right now. Let's go to Joel chapter 3, verse 16. The, the Lord will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem. The earth and the heavens will tremble, but the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. And so I want to submit to you this morning that there is a roar going out through the nations. There is a roar in the spirit this morning. The Lord is roaring because he desires to bring his children back to him. Go to Hosea 11 verse 10. He said, for some day the people will follow me. I, the Lord, will roar. And when I roar, my people will return trembling from the west. And I can tell you that right now, right now, God is roaring. Revival is roaring through my veins because the Lord said, I want to turn my people back to me with fear and trembling. I want to turn them back. I want to turn their hearts back to me. And go to Amos chapter three, verse eight. The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The sovereign Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy? And so the Lord is roaring through his prophets. He is roaring through every vessel that is submitted and consecrated to him. He is roaring through his, prophet his prophetic words are roaring like never before. But it's only those who are listening for the sound of the Lord is going to hear the roar. Because see, many people, there's another part of the scripture, and I can't read all the scriptures for you, but it says, because you're content, you're, 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 con you're concerned about the things of the world, you are not hearing what God is trying to say. Your mind has become preoccupied with what is happening in the world. And so the roar of the Lord is going forth all through the nations. And only few are hearing, only few are stopping to hear. What is that sound? What is that sound? But the true prophets, the true men and women of God are saying, listen, the Lord is roaring. The Lord is roaring. He's roaring from Zion. There's, there can be no way that the Lord is not roaring. When we see all that is happening, all of creation begins to groan in manifestation for the sons of God. And so the second sound 
going out in the spirit this morning is the groaning of the spirit. The groaning of the spirit. Creation is groaning. The spirit is groaning. We are all groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Romans 8, 22 and 23, it says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sonship, the redemption of our bodies. And so we are also groaning. We who are born of the spirit is groaning for, the, for, 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 for God to come and take us out of this evil, sinful world. We are groaning because when you're born of the spirit, you recognize that I can't live in this world. No, you automatically, you become an enemy of this world. And so creation is groaning. The Holy Spirit is groaning, making intercessions for us. And the Lord is groaning in our spirit. We are groaning. Holy Spirit is groaning. The creation is groaning. Everything is groaning. Do you hear the groaning this morning? Are you groaning in your spirit? If you're not groaning in the spirit, I question whether or not you are born of the spirit this morning because your, your spirit should become, you, you should become uneasy in this world. Your spirit should be like, listen, I have set my affections upon things above. Therefore, I, I, I cannot call this world my home anymore. There's an old song that they used to sing, old time people used to sing. They said, this world is not my home. And oh, Jesus, this world is not my home. I am just a pilgrim passing through. And when you understand something about a pilgrim, you, we, we don't want to forever be pilgrim. We want to get to our destination. So if you're not groaning, I, I'm, I'm questioning your faith in Jesus Christ this morning. I'm questioning your allegiance to Jesus Christ this morning. Are you groaning for the manifestations of the sons of God? Are you groaning for revival? Are you groaning to see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit such as never before? Are you groaning to hear the sound as of a mighty rushing wind? No, we're not going to get Pentecost Sunday back like that, but God desires to pour out his spirit upon all flesh in these last days. Oh my God, God desires for us to bring in the harvest. So we need to groan in the spirit until there is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit among the nation, among the young people. There should be a groaning. Oh God, in your spirit. And the last sound, I told you about three sounds. The last sound that we're still waiting for is that trumpet sound. Is that good old trumpet sound. This is one sound that we're all waiting for. And listen, 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 54, it says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be 
brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in the grave. Come on, somebody. If that don't make you want to rejoice, I'll rejoice for you. Oh my God, come on, somebody. You got to rejoice this morning because there is still a sound that we are waiting for. And when that sound comes, death is going to be swallowed up in victory. Oh my God, we're going to receive a glorified, sanctified, resurrected body. And that's the body that sin can do nothing to. Death can do nothing to that body. And so as we are in expectation, waiting for that trumpet to be sound, oh God, listening for the trumpet's call. Listen for that trumpet call. Let us listen in faith, believing that God, we can't go nowhere without the sound. We're not going to go nowhere without the sound. Because listen, the dead in Christ is going to rise first. But we can't get there without the trumpet sound. So I'm telling you, listen for the sound. And the last thing I want to tell you about this morning is we are also as we're listening for the sound, like Elijah was listening for the sound, Elijah said, I know, I know what's supposed to happen here. There's supposed to be a sound, and then there's supposed to be a cloud, and then there's supposed to be rain. Rain speaks of revival. Rain speaks of the Holy Spirit. Rain speaks of refreshing. But some things have to happen before the cloud. Before the cloud, there has to be a sound, and then there has to be a response to the sound. When you hear the sound, notice when Elijah heard the sound, he declared that there is a sound. He spoke it. He said, listen, there is a sound. And then there, there was some things that took place. He said, listen, I hear the sound, but I don't see no cloud. So, so I'm going to sit down and I'm going to pray and I'm going to talk to God about this because I hear the sound, God. I hear the sound. But see, I'm telling you, you got to respond to the, the, the groaning and the, the roaring of the Lord because when the trumpet sound, you won't have time. You won't have time. The Bible says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. So those two other sounds, the groaning of the spirit and the roaring of the Lord is preparing you for the trump, the sound of the trumpet this morning. But there comes after that trumpet sound. There's coming another cloud. There's coming another cloud. I want to submit to you today that the sound of the spirit is still leading us to a cloud. We're still waiting for a cloud. We're still waiting for a cloud. There's coming. There's a cloud coming. One such as we have never seen. There's never been another cloud like it. There will never be one more like it. There is a cloud coming, somebody. Oh, God, get happy in your spirit this morning because there is a cloud coming, a cloud that contains great power, a cloud that contains great glory because it says at that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Oh, my God, somebody say, listen, look for the cloud. Look for the cloud this morning. Look for the cloud. Oh, Jesus. Look for the cloud. Lord Jesus, look for the cloud. So the enemy is trying to distract you this morning because he doesn't want you to look for the cloud. 
He's trying to distract you this morning because he doesn't want you to listen to the sound of the Holy Spirit this morning. But let me tell you something. You've got to hear the sound and you've got to respond because, listen, there's going to be two responses. Luke chapter 24, 21 to 26 and 27. There's going to be two responses. When, when some people see the cloud, they're going to groan and they're going to mourn with gnashing of teeth. But others who, will, who are looking and waiting and watching for this cloud, they will rejoice and say, this is the thing that my soul was longing for. This is the thing that I heard in the spirit. This is that. Oh my God, this is that. This is that which was spoken of by the prophets. This is that which was spoken of by the disciples. And so before the cloud, there was a sound. And when you respond to the son, how you respond, notice Elijah's response was he went to pray. He went to pray. What is your response to the sound of the spirit this morning? You need to start listening to the spirit. Because you see, when you listen, when the trumpet come, you won't have time. And see, God is interested in sending abundance. That's what, what most pastors and ministers preach. I said, God, give me some backsided uh, desert backside message because on uh, most most ministers get the side where oh there's going to be a sound of abundance of rain and the God is going to rain abundance in your life but God give me the backside of abundance and so maybe I could have entitled the message this morning the backside of abundance because see before you can get abundance in your life you got to hear the sound of the spirit. You got to respond to the spirit in prayer. God is interested in you hearing the sound of the spirit and responding with prayer. The sound that you hear might be different, but nonetheless, there is a sound in the atmosphere. And only those who are listening and watching and waiting for the Lord will hear the sound. We're listening. We're listening for the roar of the Lord. We're listening for the groaning of the spirit and we're listening for the trumpets call and we're watching for the glorious cloud that is going to bring Jesus, our savior, our Messiah, our glorious King back to earth. So God is forecasting abundant rain in the days to come, but there's going to be some things that you're going to need to do to prepare for this rain. You're going to have to pray. Sister, you're going to have to pray. Stop with them patty cake praying. Stop, stop praying with the flesh and get in the spirit. And that's what Elijah did. He, when he sat down and he, he blocked out everything, he said, listen, I see all the people up on here. The, the blood of the, 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 the false prophets were running down in the Kishon Valley. And, 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 and Ahab was up there eating and, and his servants were standing beside him. And he said, I need to block out everything right now. I need to block. It's not my sister. It's not my mother. It's not my father. It's not my brother. Lord, I need a divine connection this morning. God, God, you, you, you said that there was going to be rain. God, you said that there was going to be some abundance. And he listened to some of you. Some of you are like, like waiting for the prophet to sit down. Listen, we are prophets. We are priests in the kingdom of God. He said, he said I created a, king, a kingdom of priests in the earth. And so stop waiting for somebody. Go up to God. Go up to God. Block out. Block out the naysayers and the, and, the, and the confusing voices in your head and say, God, 
I need you to connect with me this morning. God, my life don't look like what it should be. God, I don't feel like I'm walking in the power and authority that outruns chariot, God. God, what's wrong in my life this morning, God? God, I know that there should be revival in my life, but God, I feel downcast. I feel like something broke in my spirit, God. What is it, God? Because you got to understand that just because God said it, he won't do it. He won't do it unless you do it with him. He said, this is a partnership. And God wants to bring revival through you. Oh, God. Oh, God. I feel revival rain this morning. Jesus, I feel revival rain this morning, Lord God. I feel revival rain this morning. God, whatever part we're on, on this, mount, on this mountain, Lord God, whatever part we're on this morning, Lord God, we call for your fire to fall. We call for your wind to blow. We call, Lord God, for, for, for your cloud to come up out of the ocean this morning, Lord God up out of the depths of our soul, Lord God. Let there be a little cloud this morning. God, we don't have to see the big old storm clouds to believe that there is going to be rain, God. All we've got to see, Lord God, is the little cloud, Lord God, coming out of the sea. All we've got to hear, Lord God, is the sound of abundance of rain, God. We don't even have to see the cloud to be, believe that there is going to be abundance. God, if you spoke it, we believe it, Lord God. And like Elijah, Lord God, we we bow ourselves down before you this morning, Lord God. And we say, God, let it rain. Let it rain, Lord God. Let it rain, Lord God. Send the cloud this morning, Lord. God, we're not going to leave Mount Carmel, Lord God, until there is a cloud, Lord God. Lord, we're fasted. We've prayed, we've repented, Lord. We've read your scriptures, Lord God. We have submitted ourselves to you, God, but there is no cloud, Lord God. So this morning, God, we come to bow down. We come to bow down, Lord God, before you this morning, Lord God, because we need a cloud, God. We need a cloud this morning, God. Only living God, let there be a cloud of revival in our lives this morning, God. God, the Israelites, they wouldn't move uh, in the wilderness without the cloud, Lord God. God Almighty, let us be a people, Lord God. That will not move until we see the cloud, Lord God. Let us be a people, Lord God, that are waiting for the cloud, waiting for the sky, to, for, for that special cloud in the sky that will bring Jesus, our Messiah, to us in great glory and great power, Lord God. God, let us be a people that are listening for the trumpet's call, Lord God. Many people don't want to listen for the trumpet's call because it sounds too scary, Lord God. But that's because they're not prepared to meet you. So, Lord God, I pray that as the prophets are blaring out your words this morning, Lord God, to your people, let there be hearts that will receive it, Lord. Let them begin to listen. Let them begin to hear the sound, Lord God. Make it audible. Lord, the prophet heard the sound in the spirit, God. The people didn't hear any audible sound. But God, we're praying that you would make it audible this morning so that the, spe so that the people, the common people who don't know you, Lord God, will come to hear the sound and be transformed and be changed, Lord God, for your glory. Let revival come, Lord. Let your rain fall in our lives. 
In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, if you're under the sound of my voice, you're saying, listen, I don't know what this woman is talking about. I don't know this Jesus. I don't know this Holy Spirit and all this stuff. But I want to know Jesus. I want to know the Holy Spirit. I want to be ready when that trumpet sounds. I want to be ready when that cloud comes, when, when that cloud comes with great power, when the Son of Man comes in a cloud with great power. If that's you under the sound of my voice today, listen, I do this just for you. I do this just for you so that you could hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that Jesus could come into your heart and so that you can receive the abundance of rain. Because see, when Jesus comes into your heart, there's an abundant life that is made available to you. And so if you're under the sound of my voice this morning and you've listened to this far, listen, you can be ready when that trumpet sounds. You can be ready when that cloud split, split the eastern sky, bringing Jesus to us in power and great glory. You can be ready. And it's just a simple prayer. And listen, don't just pray the prayer and then walk away and do whatever you want to do. Genuinely pray this prayer with me and ask Jesus to come into your heart. Right? And if you do that, I believe that Jesus will truly come into your heart and he will change your life. I did it and he came into my heart. So let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you were crucified I believe that you died and you resurrected on the third day. And I believe that you ascended to heaven. And I believe that you are making intercessions for me. Now, Lord, I recognize that I am a sinner. And this work that you have done is what paid for my sins and cleansed me from all unrighteousness. Lord, I recognize that I cannot save myself. I cannot heal myself. So God, I humble myself to you this morning and I ask Lord God that you would come into my heart today. Be my Lord and my savior. Forgive me of those sins that I have committed and cleanse me, Lord, and teach me how to live for you. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit and give me the grace to walk holy and humbly before you. And I believe that if you say that little prayer, Jesus came into your heart today. Amen. And don't know, listen, it's not just saying that little prayer that got you into heaven because there are some things that you need to do. You need to believe it is by faith. It is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It's the grace of God that leads you to repentance. It's the grace of God that gives you salvation. But you got to remain in that. You can hear the word today and, and receive it joyfully and you allow the devil to take it back away from you. So I encourage you to read your Bible. I encourage you to connect. Listen, you can connect with us. Um, find us on Facebook, on YouTube. Connect with us. And we will be able to break the bread of the word of God with you. And if you have a local church that you can go to, connect with them too. Read the Bible. Pray and talk to God. And if you don't know how to pray, just talk to him. Say, God, I hear this woman talk about you and she talk about you like, you're really real. Are you real? 
If you're real, show me yourself. People talk to God like that and God is not offended. So talk to God this morning. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And if you need prayer this morning, inbox me, text me on, on there's Instagram and uh, Facebook and comment on our YouTube video. Some way, somehow you can reach us this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. So we come to another wonderful part in our service today. Listen, um, this, is the, this is the part that many people like to drop off because when we talk about giving to the Lord, they don't recognize the blessing in giving to the Lord. But I want to tell you that there is certain blessings that you can only unlock. Listen, God has multiple ways of blessing his people. Um, there's a blessing on obedience. There's a blessing on giving. There's a blessing on goodness. There's a blessing on faith. So there's like multiple avenues of ways that God will bless you. And one of the ways that he, he, he blesses people, he said, he, he said for you to give your tithes to the Lord. Listen, if you're having your church and going to a regular different church, that's fine. Give your tithe there. But if you're feeding from this ministry, consider being a partner with us. Consider giving us a donation because it takes money to preach the gospel. It takes, you know, no, we're not trying to get rich here. We're just trying to take the word of God to the ends of the earth. And we have great big plans that needs money to take it around the world. And some people are saying, well, Jesus, he, 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 he's, if you believe in your Jesus so much, he's going to give you money. Yes, but he chose to use people. He chose to use you to give into this ministry. Why does God do that? Because he wants to give you the blessing that is on giving. When you, you cannot give to the Lord and God don't give to you, I am a living witness of that. When, you, when, I, when I don't give to God, I see how the wells stop up. When I give to God, I see how the waters gush forth. So listen, give whatever you can give to us today. There's given information on your screen there. And, and, and please don't feel under any kind of false burden and feel like, oh, I'm going to give to this woman. No, give, God loves a cheerful giver. So whatever you're giving this morning, don't give it grudgingly and don't give it sparingly because if you give it grudgingly or sparingly, don't expect to receive a blessing on it. So whatever you're giving this morning, give it gladly. Give it with a willing heart. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that ends our meeting for today. I hope to see you next week. And please, again, I said like, share. Share this message with your friends. They can watch the replay. The blessing is still going to be on, on the replay. Amen. All right. God bless you. Have a great day.